This is People Like Us, a show about Alt-MBA alumni. Here's Sarah Lett from Alt-MBA 3. Sarah, I am so excited to talk to you today. Uh, third time's the charm, and we finally <laughs> got it. Uh, I know. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not been a long time coming, but it, it took a couple of tries. Yeah. From what I can gather, you've... You've been an entrepreneur and worked in the startup space for for quite a while now. Can you talk a little bit about that work um, and what that consists of, and and you know maybe how you got started in that kind of work? Yeah, sure. I um, so I was as most people in in Denmark um, studying at a business school, so Copenhagen Business School. I knew that. I wanted to study business, um, but I also knew that I wanted to do something different than just going out there and either, you know, uh, work at a corporate. That wasn't what I was going for. And I guess I've always tried to do paths or create paths that people hadn't tried before. And back in the day in 2011, in Copenhagen, the startup scene wasn't that big uh, in Copenhagen at all. There were a few people, not any accelerators yet, um, that was that were trying it out. There weren't any big kind of companies, uh, big successes um, that you could kind of aspire to or work for. And I just knew that I, I knew that there was something, there was something burning inside me that I wanted to do something else than just go and work at a corporate. And so I always knew that I had, that I had kind of that spark in me, I guess. Um, and so I started connecting with a couple of other people at, at business school and um, who were kind of involved in the community, who were traveling and had been kind of been to Silicon Valley. And we got to talking and at the end of my first year in my master's, um, the first accelerator in Copenhagen uh, launched, which was called Startup Bootcamp. It is now, I think, one of the biggest accelerators in Europe. And I got involved with them. and. Um, actually started as an intern just because I was curious about, you know, how do you, how do you build a business? And, you know, um, didn't really know, um, the ABC of that because they didn't really teach that at business school at all. Um, you know, sure you can write a business plan, but actually how do you, how do you do it practically? Um, so starting to be in more involved with, with that community and, and, um, getting to know people and, and just started working there, helping the founders that was in the first batch, um, which also involved connecting with, you know, many different corporate partners who wanted to sponsor the program and, and kind of starting to plant this idea of a startup ecosystem in, in Copenhagen, which was very new. And so my master's was in innovation and business development and, I guess a lot of companies really, really really didn't know what those students were for as graduates. So it was still kind of a risky thing to start working with people like us, essentially. And when I was at the accelerator, I had this idea for a um, kind of a yoga app. So um, at the same time, I got really addicted to to Bikram yoga, which is a a form of yoga um, which is done in a, in a hot room. So it's 40 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Um, and it's Hatha yoga, which essentially is a lot of still, uh, postures uh, that you do in, in, in 90 minutes. Um, and 
came from the United States and it was kind of a, you know, wherever you went in the world, it was a universal class that you could take. Um, and as addicted as I was and all the other students were, um, as I started traveling with the accelerator, we did a lot of like networking events and demo days around Europe. Um, and whenever I traveled, I was like, I, I want to go train at a big community studio. Is there one? So, you know, at the end of the day, I really wanted to start a, a, a discount business for, you know, Bikram yogis that traveled, uh, that could get a 50% discount off whenever they traveled anywhere. So I was really trying to create partnerships with studios and doing the, like trying to, you know, provide the evidence that even if you had X amount of students coming in for a dropping class, you would still get a profit, even though you gave 50% off. So it was kind of a trap and pass, I suppose. They exist in abundance, by the way, now in uh, in Europe anyway. Um, there is a, uh, I actually met the founder by accident on a plane from Egypt to, to London, I think, <laughs> years later. Um, obviously, my, my, my business was too early. Uh, it, it failed, but I learned a lot. Um, I, um, tried, tried to get the studios to partner up and, and, you know, provide that evidence. As I said, you know, they, they needed a financial secure, um, understanding that this was something they would want to be involved with. But a lot of the studios were too early, um, and were in a lot of debt. And just didn't want to do that partnership. They didn't believe that that I could prove them wrong, basically. So they didn't want to partner up. So at the end of the day, this that was my, one of my first startups that kind of just bombed and failed. And I thought I was never going to make it as an entrepreneur. Um, but it was a great experience. And I, I learned a lot. How does Alt-MBA come into the picture? What was it about Alt-MBA that you said, yes, this is, this is what I'm going to do next? Yeah, it was... Um, my story into the old day bay was was very much uh like by chance i i didn't know i knew seth godin i didn't know about the old mba um and i was actually coaching some students in london i was working in london uh, for 3 years at the time and i was coaching a bunch of students from kings college over weekend and i'd hired a few other coaches in marketing and uh yeah two guys in, in marketing and one of them was eric eric muller and i didn't know eric at the time but he spent a day with me and the students and coached them and we had a really good time um we really hit it off and and um he just said at the end of the day when he was out he was on his way out the door it was like hey seth godin is is coming to london and uh, I was part of this program called the Alt MBA, and we are a bunch of alumni who are going to volunteer at the event um, and and get in for free. And I was just wondering, I'm, I'm sure I can get you in, even though you're not an alumni, but I think you would really enjoy it. Would you like to come? And that's how I got to know a bunch of alumni um, and the Alt MBA, and eventually got in. Uh, was by the fact that Eric reached out to me um, and, you know, <laughs> I don't know how many times I've asked him, like, what, what made you ask me if I wanted to come? And he just said, you know, like, I, I just knew that it was something for you. 
so we met up in London. I've, I actually also met Seth and, and the whole crew and, and a bunch of alumni. Um, and obviously, you know, loved the talk and, and spent the day there and um, asked Wes, who was the director of All Day Bay at the time, uh, you know, how do I how do I get in? Like, what's, is there a next batch? Like what, how, what's the, what's the application process? And, um, she said, you know, I'll, I'll connect with you on email. I'll send you a link. And, and there's an application that you need to fill out. And, um, you know, there's a next batch coming in January 16. And so, um, you know, I got home from that event and really felt that I had been part of something really special and everyone had been so welcoming and um it just felt like a really brilliant opportunity again that I couldn't let go of and I ended up applying and I and I got in and um yeah that's how I got into all NBA 3 how did you how did you change in all NBA <sighs> how did I not change that's probably what everybody else yeah. says <laughs> um I think the biggest thing for me was that I realized that I was working in a really, really um, toxic environment and I had a really bad boss. Um, and eventually I quit like a couple of months later, I, 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 you know, I had some real talk with my boss and I was challenging him on some, some things that he was doing and saying. And eventually I was like, I, I, I don't want to be part of this anymore. So I guess it gave me, the courage more than anything to just be myself um, and realizing that wherever you work, you have the right and the ability to show up as yourself because the more you can express who you are, the more you have to give and contribute. And I think it really gave me permission to one express who I was and be more of who I was, but also made me realize that I had so much more to give and so much more that I wanted to do. That wasn't what I was doing in a way. And although working with startups and, and, you know, connecting startups with corporate opportunities uh, was really rewarding. There was a lot of constraints or boundaries that I felt with the Alton Bay. I all of a sudden had a horizon and some knowledge and curiosity to um, make bigger change. So um, startups that either want to work with corporates or, or want to make their, their business go to life, um, a lot of what we were doing was product development um, stuff. So, you know, how do you, how do you understand what a problem is and build a product around it? How do you, you know, build that scalable, repeatable business model with evidence, with customers and, and build that traction um, that isn't just false. You know, you, you, can, you can do a lot of good marketing and get a lot of visitors, but it doesn't mean that you will necessarily convert, convert to sales. So how do you really build, you know, loyal customers that love you and will come back? That's all good and well. And a lot of what I also saw was that a lot of the teams didn't know how to be with each other. They were so focused on building their product and, and focusing on the product that either they didn't have, you know, they didn't have the leadership skills to actually build a business with humans in it. And they didn't know how to really develop empathy for the customer. So with that, 
I and with the Alt MBA, I realized that there's so much more that can determine whether a business will be successful or not. And ultimately, I think I can't remember the statistics, but it's something like it's one of the top three um, things that make a startup not live is team dynamics that the founders don't get along well, that they don't have, you know, um, uh, the, the 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 setup for incentives to incentivize your employees and so on. So as you build your business, you have to be able to really acknowledge and, and put a lot of effort into building a team. Um, and the work that I was doing at the time didn't really allow, allow for that to have a space or a say. Um, and that was also the bigger, bigger reasons why I, I left the company at the time was that there is a lot of working with humans that isn't present in this. And that is really where you make the biggest impact. So you'd been on this journey where you'd worked on many startups. You'd, you'd worked as a startup consultant and then you did Alt-MBA and, and made this realization. What's next for you or, or what are you working on now? So when I quit, that was probably in 16 um, after Alt-MBA. Um, I decided to quit and uh, go freelance and, and, and really spend the time connecting with, with what I wanted to do and with the people that I wanted to do it with. A lot of the co-alumni um, were people that I was having conversations with. A few of us were testing some projects out and just knew that I was ready to surround myself with people that... I, I guess had that same spark and I, I really felt that with with the old MBA community which by the way wasn't very big in three we were about 350 people <laughs> but we had a really we were all talking online uh meeting up in London there were a few people in London and really just it felt like we were one big mastermind which was really cool and um started to go freelance um, did some traveling just to, you know, take some time off and um, started building some relationships and, and doing work that I really wanted to do as a freelancer. You also sometimes can do work that you don't find as satisfying, but can really uh, help you build and focus on other things at the same time. Um, and what I was really building towards was this idea of combining the innovation background with leadership development and I wanted to do it at scale and so ultimately where I am now is I got the opportunity to work with one of the biggest banks in the Nordics they have 30,000 employees and have made a really um, I think um, courageous and ambitious decision to change the corporate culture so shift not only shift their core in terms of how they want to be a bank. So, you know, implementing new IT systems and really becoming, you know, customer centric, really, truly um, applying agile design thinking um, and, and being super fast at, you know, uh, updating new features or, or kicking out new products and killing the ones that doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, what they have realized is that the transformation that the bank is going through cannot happen without the human in the center. So they have invested heavily in 
you know, deep transformational personal programs that are run across the business for the, for now the, the 4,000 leaders that have teams across the bank on, in all the different business areas and really, really diving into, you know, how we, how we understand us, how we understand ourselves as people down to, you know, going down the iceberg, like what behaviors am I seeing? You know, what is it that I'm thinking and feeling? What are the beliefs that are behind that? What's holding me back from, you know, walking into a change? Like, how do I, how do I really reinvent myself as a human in helping to transform this business into something that is, you know, part of society and a different, a very, very different type of, of bank. I felt that that was a really ambitious and and um, quite a audacious thing to go through, um, but with the support from from the CEO and then the top leadership, it was really something that I connected to. Um, so they started implementing new values, uh, new leadership behaviors, and and part of the work that I do is really spend time with the business, connecting with people, understanding what's really um, what's really cooking and, and, um, using design thinking to really try and build, um, you know, human transformation programs that can help them shift from one place to another. So it is really combining that understanding of what it takes to build a product, but what does it take to bring someone on a journey and not design it for them, but have them actually carve the path for, for themselves. I didn't know that Eric was the person that, that I guess planted that seed or recommended that you do all MBA. But I do know that you and him are part of this mastermind group that's been gathering for quite a while now. Can you, can you talk about that group? Yeah. I mean, first of all, <laughs> it's so funny because I, I remind Eric regularly how you know, really thankful and grateful I am for him for having, you know, introduced me to this community. Like I've, I will forever be grateful for him asking me, um, to join on that day. Um, and one of the other things that Eric is really good at is to, to bring people together. So the numerous times I've visited him in Exeter down in South England and, to all of you listeners, if you are around, like he will gladly welcome you. He is he is so Canadian <laughs> in that way. He's so friendly and, and welcoming to everyone. And and one of the things he did, I think, a couple of months after I finished old MBA, was that he we were regularly in contact um, as well. But he he um, called me up one day and he said, "Hey, I'm I'm thinking of bringing together a bunch of people um, from you know alumni." And I was wondering if you'd, if you'd want to be part of it. And I said, sure. I didn't know at the time who Helen Sanderson was, who Amir was, who Sam Meikle was, but uh, I knew Eric and I knew Umar and I, and I knew that, you know, both of them were, were brilliant. And I was really very grateful to be, to be asked. And so we got together, all six of us, and, um, we, uh, I can't remember when this, like this must have been in the, in the middle of 16. And, um, we laid down some ground rules. We got on a call together and we were already excited, um, online. And we, um, you know, the first couple of times we, we met up, it was really about defining what this could be for, for all of us. So what are the basic 
you know, what is the structure that we want to go through? Do we want to go, you know, one person, one hour, or all of us get about 10 minutes each to share what we've been working on and so on. So we just started up with a few, I guess, constraints around what it is that we wanted to, um, how we wanted to run it. And, and then off we went. Um, and it very quickly became a really trusted circle of, you know, really close friends that, you know, started sharing things that, you know, um, we wouldn't even tell our husbands and wives. It was, it was very, it got really powerful locally. And I, I guess the foundation had been built um, from the old MBA because we knew what we had all been going through um, and knew that we, I guess we all trusted Eric to the extent that we knew that he would have brought us together for a reason and um, that we would all benefit from being there. And I think we all really leaned into it from the get-go. And we've been together ever since, really. We still meet up every second week um, and have an hour call. And not everyone is present all the time. We also have weeks and weeks where we don't meet up because people have families. We travel for work and go on holidays and so on. You know, we can go, I think the longest we've gone without having been on a call, but still been, you know, communicating through Slack is, I guess, six or seven weeks. But there has never been, I guess the biggest thing for us is there has never been an expectation of you having to show up every single time. But knowing that you have a, a, a group of people who will always be there for you and support you and that you are free to show up whenever you want um, has made it work in the way, you know, I, I guess I've never been part of a mastermind before, but I do know that some masterminds don't last. Um, and um, yeah, we've been... I can't believe it's been two and a half years. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's been a real gift. Like they, they, they're definitely a very important part of my life. To close, I have one question that I ask everyone that I talk to. One of the goals of the show is to help all MBA alumni connect. So how would you fill in the blank? Reach out if blank. Ah. <sighs> You're always welcome to reach out. <laughs> I guess if you're really curious about starting a business, if you're a geek as me in design thinking and business model design and life design, and um, you know, I, I love to geek out on on methodology and and models. That's you know, I can spend a lot of time doing that. <laughs> so if you're a geek, yeah, please reach out. Well, thank you. Sarah, for being a part of this community and, and sharing your story. Thank you, Covington. I've, it's been an absolute pleasure and I'm, I'm glad we got to do it finally. And it's always a pleasure to spend time with you. And um, thank you for doing this podcast. I think it's super important. And uh, yeah, just keep on doing what you're doing as well. Thanks for listening. This episode is hosted by me, Covington Doan and edited by William Flato. Check out the show notes for ways to contact Sarah.